Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Anthony with Edge on Regenerative Medicine Show. Uh, this is the place where we get the best of the best doctors, therapists, wellness people to help you take your health to another level. We all know that if our health is not intact and it's not everything's not synapsing, we know that, you know, that's a bad day or even a bad month. And some people, you know, they're so scared to go to see therapists or even doctors at that point. Uh, we sometimes put a, a value on things instead of realizing that ourselves, we should be putting a higher value in making sure that we're being treated and being taken care of. Today, I have a special guest with us and hopefully I'll, I'll say it uh, uh, correctly. I think there's a little Italian in this. Uh, therapist, Jim Valerie, is that correct? Valerie? It's, it's Jim Valerie, but that's okay. Valerie, Jim Valerie. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, um, you, you, yeah. It's okay. I get, I get that all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, it's Valerie, right? It's like, ah, my, some of my grandfather ingrained in us. He's like, no, it's Valerie. You know, so. You're all, it's, look, it's a Valerie. It's a Valerie. Yeah. Hey, over here. <laughs> yeah. so. But, you know, but the great thing is you can, if you would like to get more information, you can go to New Hope Counseling. Um, counselingonline.com, newhopecounselingonline.com. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about neurofeedback. Yeah. Why is neurofeedback so important into, to the world today? And again, I just want to say thank you so much, Jim, for uh, for connecting with us today. And it's an honor to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, it's just great to have an opportunity to be able to talk about something that uh, has really impacted the lives of my clients and, and me and my family's lives personally. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't even be uh, talking about this right now if it didn't impact them so greatly. If somebody told me six years ago I'd be treating mental health problems with video games and uh, YouTube videos, I probably would have told them that they were crazy wow. and it might be a good time to book an appointment with me because we have to talk about some things. So... Um, <laughs> So tell us about your story. How, 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 how did you get into neurofeedback and why? Why neurofeedback? So, so when my son was three years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And uh, we kind of just figured he had some issues, but we didn't think it was that severe. Mm -hmm. And we brought him to preschool and they're like, you really need to get him tested because he's not like he's not functioning properly. There's something wrong here. So we got him tested. Turns out he was diagnosed with autism and we were kind of, okay, like this is going to be a challenge. And uh, he was really having a tough time. I mean, you know, fortunately we got him in school, you know, it was helpful and whatever, but he was still having a tough time there. He was, you know, violent. He was pushing kids and kicking kids and running off on teachers. And we'd take him to the grocery store and he'd throw himself on the floor and flip out. And it was just bad news all around. Right. And uh, we were, my wife was kind of at her wit's end. And so uh, we ended up talking to a colleague of mine uh, who said, well, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing and it should help uh, your son's problem. And we're like, well, we'll try anything at this point. Um, and so we brought him in, got him treated a few times and some things started happening. He started he had a vocabulary of about 200 words, which is really low for mm -hmm. kids. Uh, he just couldn't communicate well. And then my wife put him to bed one night and he got up out of bed and came over and started to have 
like a, a, a little more, a bit more of an in-depth conversation with her, which was kind of shocking to her. It's like, hey, he got out of bed and started using words I'd never heard him use before. Wow. And so as a result, uh, we started seeing, this is, this is good. He's, he's making some progress here. And so we decided to go all in. Uh, we treated him for a couple months. And he went from being this really violent kid to uh, getting student of the month uh, for his behavior at school within within two months time frame from being no treated. Yeah, wow. yeah. So he so he ended up making this big turnaround. Teachers were like, "What's going on here?" And so, well, we're treating him with neurofeedback. I might have, might as well have said, "Yeah, we're taking him to the planet Mars," uh, because they yeah. had no idea what, what you know. And up until a few months ago, we had no idea what it was either. And so uh, that was it. I was sold. I was like, "All right, that's it." You know, I went. Got trained. My wife got trained. You did a forty-five hour training. What were you doing before that? Oh, I'm, I've been a licensed mental health counselor for well, I've been I've been doing therapy for twenty years, but I've been licensed mm-hmm. for that a little, little little under that. So, oh, okay. so yeah. So up until that point, I've just I've just been doing like counseling with people. That was really all I did. So you were kind of already almost kind of in that realm a little bit. You just went deeper. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. I wanted to just kind of yeah. Fine by me. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it, and so that was basically kind of this sort of next step into this. And mm-hmm. because I was a mental health counselor, they were like, okay, yes, we can totally like train you and, you know, <laughs> get, get you what we need and all that stuff. Right. So, so it was fantastic. So then I just started treating people in, uh, it was 2018, uh, started treating clients and I've been treating them at this point for the last five years, uh, helping people. And I've treated, I've treated other kids with autism and, and that's a really wonderful thing to see. Uh, when the parents come in and they're saying things like, well, my kid can't, my kid won't sleep uh, and they can't sleep either as a result because they have to constantly try and calm this kid down or, you know, he has a lack of empathy or he's has these outbursts and all these kids have this big turnaround and all of a sudden the parents' lives change and they're happier as a result because their kids are doing better. And so it's a really fantastic thing to watch to see happen. So I've seen that with autism, uh, kids who have ADHD, I've worked with those as well. Uh, parents who want to treat their ADHD but don't want to put their kids on medication. Right. I don't quite frankly blame them. So there's that too. And of course, anxiety is another big one. Uh, people who have difficulty sleeping because they're too, too nervous or anxious. So initially, right out of the gate, we're trying to treat sleep because sleep is a big part of mental health in and of itself. If you're not sleeping properly, your body's not regenerating. You're not healing from a physical standpoint but also from a mental and psychological standpoint, they've done studies on this. Your mental health is just going to be out the window. It's not going to be very good. And so we treat sleep right out of the gate and that tends to help a lot of the other mental health issues. And so subsequently uh, we'll treat that and then we'll treat the, treat the emotional anxiety. So one site for nervous feedback treats physical anxiety and another site treats emotional anxiety. So um, that's the bulk of what I do generally speaking. So how, how does it look like, you know, so, this happened with your son. How how long? How many years ago? Or was this? This was back uh, twenty seventeen, late twenty seventeen. We were we started treating. How is he now? Uh, it would be defined sort of as like a pervasive developmental disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's an extrovert. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he he talks to people and wants to make friends, and he's got a lot to say. And uh, he when talking, you know, people will talk to him, and they'll kind of be like, "Oh, he's a kid," and then he's kind of a little off. Like there's just something about him and he's not understanding social nuance. So some parts that are not perfect, but then again, uh, I only treat him maybe once every couple of weeks now. I mean, for a while it was, you know, once every month, 
Uh, I don't like typically, I mean, we, and we're only doing that because we have it, <laughs> you know, like if, like if we were, if we were paying for it, we'd probably get him a tune up maybe once every six months or something like that. But for the most part, he's, he's at a place now where he can tell me, dad, I need, I need to be treated. Like he'll tell really? me, swap. Yeah. And he'll, and wow. Be like, wow. Dad, I'm, yeah. He's like, I'm not feeling great. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm angry and stressed out and I think I, I think I need to be treated. Yeah. So he can communicate very well. So yeah, I like that. What what are some of the biggest things from one to ten from where he was years ago? You know, ten being high. Where, where would you say where he where, was he on a scale from ten not doing well, but one being no? You know what I mean? Like one being well, ten not doing well. I, I would put him at least. You know, I I like to you know play a little conservative, but I put him somewhere around around nine, eight or nine, easily. You know, wow. is he perfect? Is he perfect? No. But Dude, wow. then again, there, there's just something I kind of look at it like there's just something something's neurofeedback can treat and something's neurofeedback can't treat. Mm. You know, like if, if people are experiencing a tremendous amount of nerve pain, for example, like mm. I can't neurofeedback that out of them. So there's some components I can't you can't I can't use neurofeedback to teach him social nuance. I can't use neurofeedback to teach him how to communicate with people, how to know if someone wants to be your friend or not, you know, how to ask a girl out on a date. Like there's, right, there's certain right. things that it just I, I, can't do. Right. Right. I can so, help you. I can help you. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's kind of where, you know, um, I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, there's the benefits of far away, any, any potential disadvantages. So, so with neurofeedback, you know, we know that at least, you know, our viewers, you know, it, we know that neurofeedback can help out with ADD or autism, um, addiction, anxiety, chronic stress, insomnia, uh, memory loss, dementia, strokes, seizures, fibromyalgia. What are other main things that you've noticed that you've also seen that neuro uh, has also helped people with? I've seen it help some people with depression, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, sugar cravings is a big one. Uh, there's a specific site that, that sort of reduces sugar cravings. So if you're somebody who loves carbs, who loves sugar, for whatever reason, this site kind of balances that out. And it's just like, you know, I, I've had people just be like, wow, I don't, I don't feel like I need to go and, and, and eat desserts and stuff like that. It's, it's strange, but it's one of those things I've seen. Uh, depressed mood's another one, uh, mostly because we're trying, you know, working with some prefrontal cortex stuff, uh, good decision-making, thinking processes, that kind of thing. Also with depression, there's usually, again, some sleep components. So if someone's sleeping better, Generally speaking, their depression is, is going to improve as well. Okay. So, yeah. So there's 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 parts of that. I mean, it, other stuff I could think of. I, you know, I haven't ex extensively tested um, anything like schizophrenia or anything like that. That's how about brain fog? Sure. Yeah. yeah, like you know, but um, memory. Brain, how about what about brain fog? Uh, you know, as you know, we got hit with COVID. A lot of people have had the brain fog where they have the the word there and just not able to to articulate and, and to move and to flow within their, within their speaking. Yeah. I've had one or two clients say, say that, but that's usually that's, that's not up to be, to be honest, I haven't experienced a lot of clients who've talked about brain fog. Oh, okay. And what, what are, what would you say the things that you've experienced the most with, with, uh, you know, uh, it's funny, we're saying neurofeedback, you know, or we're saying neurobiofeedback. Are those two the same or are they? Yes. Uh, neurofeedback is biofeedback for the brain. Okay. Just want to make sure, because I'm sure people are like, 
neurobio. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a transformer. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. And, and ironically, the, the system that I use, the software, is also used with a biofeedback company. So there's a biofeedback company that literally uses the exact same like games and software and what have you as the as they would use for the neurofeedback. So it's it's sort of this, it's not necessarily translatable, but it's sort of like the same platform has been used for both. What would you say? I noticed that you're saying it's 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 almost like software that you're utilizing. So what does this look like? Is it like a something that you put on your head? Um, do they so, connect um, your fingers? It, so it's electrodes, like there are electrodes that are attached and you, mm-hmm. it's like five electrodes. You usually put one sort of at the center mm-hmm. for the head and then mm-hmm. usually two behind the ears. And then the last two are at various you know points. So for example, this one back here is uh, physical calming. That's usually where we start. That's where we optimize clients because for the most part, it, you know, when it comes to neurofeedback, every brain is like a radio station. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tune into that radio station so that you get the right frequency and that frequency is that client's right. best optimal frequency to be treated. So, you know, two, two electrodes will be here and, and basically we'll kind of go around the brain with two electrodes and treat them, uh, t- treat each of those sites individually for a period of time. And then depending on what the client's reporting, like let's say there's a, you know, whatever the problem is that they're facing, whether it is sleep, whether it is ADHD or what have you, focused attention, then we'll kind of tweak it. We'll tweak the treatment plan to the specific areas of the brain. Like, for example, with ADHD, there's two different types. On one hand, you might have somebody who has ADHD and they're aggressive. Okay, so then we would definitely treat uh, like right side prefrontal cortex. Uh, but on the other hand, if they're not aggressive, we wouldn't really waste our time with that per se. We want to get them right over to left side uh, prefrontal cortex. So, you know, we start, we start with the right back and then we could potentially move over or we can go interhemispheric and then make our way over to left prefrontal cortex. And really that's the goal because that there is where the emotional anxiety is treated. And like I've treated myself with it. And the best way I can describe it is if you've ever driven a new car, you know, like you drive your car and then you're test driving a new car. So you go and it's brand new. It's got a new car smell, but it's still you driving. That's right. kind of what it feels like. It feels like sort of like, like, wow, I'm a lot calmer. My emotion, I kind of look at it this way. Like I can see the emotions coming and I can prepare myself for how I'm going to respond to those emotions. So it almost kind of slows down that, that instantaneous oh, response. Wow. It's, you, you gave me an idea when you were, when you were saying that you kind of remember the matrix. I don't know if you watch, I'm a movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love the matrix. Remember the matrix when he's being, he's being shot and he's like, real, it's almost yeah, like he was able to slow it down <laughs> so he can, but, there's a, but there's a lot to that. You're yeah. slowing it down so you can react to the right, this making the right decisions. And I, I, I love, I'm, I'm a car guy. I love cars. I'm actually looking at, you know, Lord willing, purchasing a, a, a 67 Mustang or a 66. I just love Mustangs, you know, um, <laughs> you car guy, you know, um, you know, and I look at it like this. Our vehicles is our body, our temple. This is our vehicle. How, what we're putting in, how we're treating it. Is how it's going to run. So in a way, I feel like what you're saying is, you know, this is good for everybody because the the brains, a brain are brains, but everyone's functions differently. We've got to make sure that it's, 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 you know, it's functioning in perfectness, but I look at it like this. When we do this and we utilize neurofeedback, it's basically changing out the spark plugs. 
that's the kind of way I'm looking at it in my mind. I'm trying to think, unless if you have another way of looking at it, you know, you're changing out the spark plugs because everyone needs an oil change. Your vehicle, our bodies are the same way. Yeah. You're making it so the brain runs more efficient, you know, and, and, and it sort of irons out that dysregulation. It's basically something that over time, because our brains are designed to learn. Correct. So neurofeedback will sort of teach your brain and show your brain, no, 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 wait a second. You're, things are a little off here. You know, here, here's something uh-huh. a little bit more regulated. And it's going to, and it rewards the neural oscillation. When that change in neural oscillation like takes place, it rewards it over and over and over again. So the brain's like, oh, this is good. Yes, absolutely. I'm totally going to be rewarded for this, you know, positive change in my brain. It's kind of like every time you fixed your hair or shaved, you got a candy. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm looking in the mirror and I'm fixing something. Right. Oh, hey, thanks. You know, so, you know, I'm going to do it over and over again to get that, that positive rewards. Classical conditioning for the brain, in essence. Why, why do you think neurofeedback is not very well known? Well, there's a number of reasons. Um, right, it, it's kind of like my, my colleague who sort of got us started on this once said, she's, she's like, it's kind of like the Wild West of neurofeedback right now. There's no, there's no sort of streamlined system. There's a bunch of them out there and they're all vying to be the system of record. Yep. So as a result, you've got one system that's doing this and you know, you can treat yourself from home. You got another system that's like, no, you have to come into the office and be treated and be supervised by a clinician. You know, so there's there's a number of different systems out there. There's even people trying to do open source neurofeedback. They're, they're like whole, you know, discussion boards of people trying to figure out how to be able to treat themselves with neurofeedback without having to pay all the money and, you know, like building their own like neurofeedback box and stuff. Their, e, their own EEG. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, really people, it, there's a, there's a price point that's, that's difficult for it. And a lot of people want something that, you know, their hospital or their doctor is going to prescribe and that's covered by their insurance. And so unfortunately with neurofeedback, number one, it's not covered by insurance because there is no streamlined methodology of mm-hmm. uh, delivery platform. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you were going to cover it with insurance, what would you cover? Would you cover the EEG machines and medical devices? Is it medical equipment? Is it, you know, the, the exfoliating gel that we have to use is it the, the, the paste that we have to use to attach the electrodes to the head. And so there's a lot, it's just the service, you know, so there's a lot of different things around insurances covering it to which I can understand why they would be a little bit hesitant to try and even take on a can of worms like that. So I think once neurofeedback kind of uh, gets a little bit more streamlined and the process becomes more streamlined and people kind of see it more as something that is a potential medication alternative, as long as that's an okay thing in the medical profession, um, then, you know, it'll all start to uh, become more streamlined. But uh, until then, uh, it's becoming something that's a little bit a little more uh, on, you know, on, it's, it's sort of on the, like the cutting edge, if you will. It's sort of new, it's new technology, but it's, like but it's, it's kind of secret society. I was kind of like, I always kind of feel like it's a kind of yeah. undercover because, and, and what a lot of people don't realize, and, and, and I like to say this is that, you know, there's only certain things that I'll go for to my doctor, you know, right. and, uh, and I'll be the first to say it, you know, I don't really trust the, I call it the big box um, pharma too many people have died. And so I would rather do something like neurofeedback. And from my experience, 
I don't even think this is even in the list of neurofeedback, but from my experience, um, five years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, degenerative uh, glaucoma, like the highest form of being blind. Oh, wow. And so my life changed. The doctor came to me. She said, you know, I wish you would have seen me earlier. Uh, you're probably not going to be seen for the rest of your life. So uh, I was like, wow, okay, I didn't see that coming. I just thought I wore the contacts for whatever, you know, just my eyes weren't that bad. And so, you know, they said, yeah, it, it comes to you. Sometimes it's like a snake, it just bites you and it's in your head. And I was like, wow, I wish you would have known about this. But so I had the, I got the glaucoma. The lady was like, well, hey, I go, well, what's the good news? I'm always finding the good news. She said, I can do this. I'm the number one glaucoma specialist in Portland, Oregon. Awesome. I go, when can you do it? She goes, tomorrow. It's like, wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. My eyes were just pure red. I thought it was, I didn't know something was going on. And so my eye pressure was out of whack. They, they cut my eyes open, both of them. Um, I had four major surgeries within 30 days. Um, very scary. But where I'm, going yeah, with, no where, where I'm going with this is that I'm able to see, I'm able to see right now, 2020 with my glasses. You know, no. push them out, whatever. But what's interesting, they told me, they said your eyes, your, you have a cells in your eyes. When a cell dies, it can no longer grow back to healthy. Hmm. And, and I, that's what I said. I said, hmm. And I started using a, a neurofeedback system for my eyes. No, Guess wow. What? I'm not joking. <laughs> Every time I go to the doctors, they're like, I don't know really. How to, your eyes are getting better. I go, excuse me? They're like, yeah, your eyes are getting better. And I go, but you told me that that once they die, they don't come back. He goes, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. And they don't, they just stop talking. The point is God created our bodies to heal. And he uses certain systems, <laughs> sometimes yeah. prayer, sometimes a system like you have, but the system that you have is a system that I have. And I've noticed that, you know, again, under doctor performance, I'm not over here just putting something on my, my body and, oh, it's working. It doesn't work that way, people. <laughs> what I'm letting you know is seek a physician. Please. You have people going on these boards and, oh, they're building their own machines. No, if you're going to get a good pizza, you're going to go to Italy and grab a good pizza with a glass of peanut. <laughs> okay, you don't go to the dentist for pizza. It's yeah. like that with doctors. It's like that with people that have the education, you know, um, and so, but yeah, but my eyes are actually getting better. And, you know, so I do a lot of exercises with my eyes. Um, I'm getting, I used to be a tennis pro. So now I'm getting back into that. All right. And so my, my eye is probably my weakest, but what I'm doing is I'm doing exercises with the ball, trying to catch it. <laughs> it's hard to see, but I'm working it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And the other side of that, that component is that the neurofeedback will help your performance as well. It'll increase that as well. So. That's another sort of side thing that I haven't quite tapped into yet. I'm not really quite sure what, you know, it's, I'm still just sort of hitting the mental health angle from my perspective, but my understanding, like I, one guy I was working with, he was, uh, he was trying to get sleep too, because his son, his autistic son was keeping him up and he sort of said, uh, I was treating him. He's like, you know, funny thing. He's like, I went golfing the other day. I hit the best golf game of my life after this. No way. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, Hey, you know, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and they've done, they've done research on this with, with archers and stuff like that with accuracy for neurofeedback and, and, and the like. So, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, you have to kind of, that's kind of why I do 
things here when people say why can't i do it at home it's like well no you need me here to kind of make sure that everything is working properly because you don't know what to look for you know i mean i kind of i mean and it's not even that complicated i'm just making sure the electrodes stay connected to your head so i don't dysregulate like that's really the most of it it's just making sure the frequency is right making sure that uh the electrodes are staying attached and that we're following a treatment plan specifically designed for you for what it is that you're looking to get help for so uh you know but but it's 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 possible to give you some a headache i mean if you're not careful you know it's and, and one that sticks around for a while it's bad you know how how, how long does a session an average session take so i usually do 45 minute sessions and the sessions usually go for but I, I treat the client for about half an hour mm-hmm. the other 15 minutes i i take the time to like attach the electrodes to the client change electrodes like you know you talked about cars once once I'm treating the entire brain, it's like I'm doing NASCAR pit stops with, with the electrodes and kind of bouncing them around a little bit. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's I try to treat the client for about half an hour, and so I'm usually breaking up the time uh, into that. And generally speaking, that that does that does the job. You know, it's it's sort of like every every site that that we treat five six minutes minimum. Uh, and that's all it takes for, for each side of the brain, as long as it's done consistently on a weekly or twice a week basis. But so, yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and something I want to bring up, and I know that you can add to this. So, this is just out to everybody out there in internet land. So, we have a thing called brain mapping. So, we put this, it's like a cap over your head. And what's interesting is when you put this cap over your head, the doctor or the, or the, physician, whoever is, is, is doing that, they can look on the computer screen and they can see where the inflammation is. Just trying to break it down to third grade. <laughs> they can see where yeah, the inflammation sure. is, where things are not working. You know, maybe where things should be popping and they're not. And, and it, they can say, oh, they can look at the computer connected to the brainwaves and say, oh, you're struggling a lot with stress. Interesting. And then they'll start telling you, oh, yes, I, my, my, my dog just died, whatever the situation. Or they'll say, you know what, we're going to need to do this. So they're able to tell by looking at the computer screen with the brain mapping what you're basically what you're dealing with before you even say it. Would you have, would you say it's something like that, or well, that, you can that's expand Q, on that. yeah, that's QEEG, and that's that's not part of the system that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system that I use is based on client self report, much like psychiatry. So okay. people come in, they say, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety, I'm experiencing depression, I'm having difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. The psychiatrist will listen to you, you know, say, okay, you know, based on what you're telling me, I'm going to prescribe you this medication, come back to me in a month and tell me how it's going. Mm-hmm. And so client self-report has been, you know, sort of the gold standard for a lot I of see. people. I see. pain is subjective. So not, not that, look, I'm not here to dog QEG, QEG is, you know, is good. QEG kind of goes on the imagery itself. So mm. you start out with a QEG image of the brain and they sort of take a snapshot. You get treated for neurofeedback and then they take a snapshot after the treatment to kind of see mm-hmm. how things are going. And it's sort of an, uh, an objective way of, of making ter- determination about the brain's health and the brain's improvement. So, you know, this but is you, you do Q, you do QEEG, right? I don't. I do. I, my, uh, the method that I use is, is client self-report. So it's a subject. Oh, point. okay. So that's the difference. Okay. That's Just the difference. Right. Okay. okay. Hence so the I'm, I'm, still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So I'm like, I know they have QEEG. They have, they have, right. Yeah. 
I will say that QEEG is becoming uh, more of, you know, how we talked about, you know, different places are sort of competing as to what's the standard. I see, for our I see what you're QEEG saying. QEEG is becoming more of the standard. So a lot more people are asking for QEEG. A lot more people know what it is. And so I'm, so I'm eventually going to have to adapt to that, I believe, mm -hmm. because it is, in fact, the company that, that I, I, the system that I, I uh, use, their new NeuroAmp, their new oh, wow. uh, EEG machine is set up to be able to do QEG. So it seems like they're, they're going to be shifting gears as well. I see what you're saying. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, man. I'm learning a lot here today. So we talked a little bit about autism. We talked a little bit about sleep, a little mm -hmm. bit about ADHD. So if you guys are struggling, you have anybody, family members, or even yourself, autism, sleep, ADHD, um, there's anything that I am missing. I know that there's a lot of information with uh, neurofeedback. Like I said, hey, you know, my eyes, I'm noticing that my eyes are starting to see, I'm starting to see better, you know, is there, yeah. what would you say the, the, the main people that you see in your, in the clinic that you see that people are actually uh, kind of coming in? If you were to say the top three things that you notice, would it be stress? Number one, would it be fatigue? Number two, or what would you say? I would, I would say stress is, is one of the top ones mm -hmm. for sure. A lot of people are anxious, can't sleep. Usually it's sleep and sleep and stress are kind yeah. of at the top. Um, ADHD is usually under that. So it's a lot of the kids that I see are usually ADHD clients. They can't focus, having difficulty maintaining attention in school. They can't do their homework, that kind of thing. So, you know, we're trying to, to work with them on that. And then autism is usually kind of trailing there. I, you know, I'll get, you know, two or three clients that are dealing with autism spectrum disorder and, and the, the negative sort of uh, side effects of that. And so as a result, you know, that's usually kind of the, mm -hmm. you know, the staging I'm running into. I have had people come in for depression and what have you and, and that kind of thing. But really the, the, the main ones are stress and attention, honestly. Like those are the big ones uh, out here anyway. So I also noticed just looking at your website that you do um, Christian counseling. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So what does that look like? And, and what type of people um, would you say that you, you notice that you're seeing for counseling? For counseling? So, needs? no, for sure. So, um, you know, I've, I've been a Christian since I was five and I don't make any bones with anybody about that. I have people who ask me, so what's this thing about Christian counseling? Like, are you going to be throwing a Bible at me? Are going to be slapping me upside down with the Bible? I'm like, well, no. Uh, if you don't want Christian counseling, that's fine. Uh, we'll just do regular counseling. And we're like, well, what's the difference? And it's like, well, you know, Christian counseling takes a biblical perspective or can, if the client so chooses, the client wants that. And if they don't, that's fine. But mostly it's, it's sort of a way for people who are of faith, who are, who are Christian. And I've even had some Catholic clients come in as well. They want somebody who respects their faith. And, that's awesome. You know, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way for them to be able to express themselves and I've had, I've worked with other therapists who think that people who have a religious faith have some kind of, like that in and of itself is a mental illness. So, and, and that's kind of not really respectful to the people <laughs> who have that religious faith. I mean, would you say that to somebody else who had a different religious faith that you maybe agreed with, you know? So ultimately it's, it's sort of a, a way to be able to kind of uh, have that, that safe environment for them to talk about it. And a lot of times they'll have, you know, couples or families or what have you, people coming in. And they're trying to just work out their problems. Like most of my, I would say, you know, Christian counseling clients are probably about 40% of my caseload. The other 60% is just average everyday folks. 
just coming in and trying to work through their issues, whether it be their marriage or raising children or whatever it is, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that's like, oh my gosh, you're not a Christian. I can't possibly work with you or, you know, that kind of, no, thing. Exactly. It's, not just, it's just more along the lines of, you know, I've, I've got some standards and that's kind of, that's really it. And, you know, if you, I've, I've worked with people who are like, wow, like they find out later that I'm a Christian. You know, and they're like, oh, well, well like something's just totally different. But I, I just I don't know. I just like being around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, wow, you're, you're, all, you're all it's the Holy Spirit. It's pretty cool. You want to know yeah, more information? Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, well, yeah. Like, and it's like, oh, well, but you're not bothered by anything I'm telling you about. It's all this other stuff. And I'm just like, well, no, because you're you're going through things. And I'm yeah. here to listen. And that's part of my job. It's you and, know, and that's when you say, matter of fact, I was going to say, when are you going to give me the hard stuff? <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's like it's not like i eat christian cookies and i got a i got a christian cigar and a christian house i'm playing <laughs> i got a christian car right yeah i got some christian baby wipes but you know it's it's amazing though some certain people but um that's that's awesome you know how how long have you been doing neurofeedback in total as in years About five five years total i've been treating clients for five years Oh, man, that's that's awesome. And then you're the main area that you're in, you're the main city that you're in. Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Framingham, Framingham, Massachusetts. Yeah, which became a city like last year. Hey, you're you're having a hard time saying it. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. really? What's the population? Are you in in Farmingham? I've had that one before. (laughs) It's like, yeah, there's a lot of farms here. Come on, visit. Go ahead. What's what's the population there? Oh gosh, uh, I, you know it's in the thousands, but oh, okay. it, the the biggest their biggest claim to fame was they were the biggest town in America, and really? uh, they decided they wanted to become a city. You know, and, and you know, hey, God bless them, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. I haven't noticed much of a change, uh, really. So it's it is what it is. It's Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got excited. We got we got a bowling alley down the street. So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's not there's not many bowling alleys left. Up here. Actually, the, the COVID closed like ninety percent of them down. It's really you know, good. we need to go back to drive-through theaters, bro. I have that's to tell awesome. you. I mean, come yeah. on, that's the best. I get in my car, I stay in my car. You know, I put ten kids in the back trunk so I don't get extra charged. You know, the old school style, and watch yeah. three movies for the price of one. Oh yeah, and, and we used to have a ton of them out here. They're all closed down. Every single one. You it's, know what's weird? It's you know what's weird though is where I live, they're popular now. No kidding. Because when the whole COVID thing, what they started to do, so they started to have shows before the movie, like actual bands play. Oh, no kidding. And then people stay in their cars. That would make sense. That would be cool. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's six feet, right? I mean, back, you know, when it first started and, you know, and then you can just do old school style, just go grab your popcorn and whatever. You know, if you really want to do it old school, have it to where they come to your car and you just order on your, on your pad. Yeah, you know? and roller skates and everything, right? So, oh. <laughs> well, the, no, big, that, the, big, the big downside with Massachusetts, though, is that we have, um, you know, we have cold weather. And so it's kind of like owning an ice well, cream. Well, welcome to Portland. Yeah. I mean, uh, right. If I see, if I see <laughs> the sun, I'm like, it's like, uh, it's. I'm not joking. It's like, oh my God, God, you are the sun. Yes. It's, oh, yeah. it's a trip, you know? Oh, for um, sure. I know I got to use, I got to, it's popular over here is that when the sun, when this, how you know when the sun is out over here, 
is when the sun comes out, everybody just steps out of their house and just looks like this. I'm not joking. I can. I wish I could make this up. Seriously? And then they go back. They look at each other and they wave and they go back in. You it's know, weird. So, so basically, it's just like Massachusetts where people want to talk to each other. Well, yeah, you're right. And then when you and then the <laughs> fun part is when you talk to somebody, they look at you. They look behind you. They look like, "Are you talking to me?" Right. And you don't want to be too happy over here because if you're yeah. if you're too happy, they think you want something from them. Right. Right. So I got to right. tone it. I got to really tone it down, especially if I go visiting a church. You got to really tone it down. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be yeah. kind of. You got to be kind of like grunge looking, melancholy. That's right. Just. <laughs> You, you remember the whole grunge era? It was like, all, oh, you know, yeah. Oh my exactly. God. Well, you know, it, I, I remember when it happened and it was, dude. it was really weird. No, so, it was. I remember when I first, I remember, I remember I was in high school and I heard uh, Nirvana for the first time. And I was like, hmm, I don't know what to think about it. I just felt a lot of anger. And uh, I, and that ended quickly though. That grunge thing, it was like what from like '92, possibly '96. Yeah, it was like four or five years. And yeah. Like the hilarious part of that, the funniest thing that I ever saw out of the grunge era was like hair bands trying to match the grunge sound. Oh say- my god! It was so. I felt bad. You know what? It's funny. I was listening because so the '80s was so popular, you know, and it was they were they had a good run, and. Um, I remember Poison, you know, one of the lead singers in Guns N' Roses, like, they're like, dude, we hated grunge. They're like, as soon as we heard it, we're like, there goes our money. That's it. It's all gone. They, they knew it, you know? And so it's like, you know, you know, sticks, bye-bye. It was like, and now the funny part about it is the music industry, everyone's trying to now, they want those old bands back, like sticks, eagles, you know, the cars, you know, it's the older the older cats now they're the the, the new G, G, uh, basically Gen Xers, you know. But well, there's know. nothing new under the sun, you know. Like you, you when you've run out of things to write. Well, the new music. I, maybe I'm getting old, man. I'm like the music. These the days, first indicator. I, 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 this is, this is. I know, huh? It is. I love you, man. You're the first indicator. I'm like <laughs> they don't play it like they used to, <laughs> you know. But yep. let me tell you something. There's a lot of validity to. I have to go back to classic rock, the Eagles and everything, because I'm like, you know what? They actually played their instruments. It was really cool. Yes. So and nowadays you can be a rock star, put a little patch on your voice, make you sound like somebody you're not. And you just put it online and make a whole bunch of money. I mean, who needs Millie Vanilli when you can oh, make your voice sound well, whatever? Hey, they got in trouble, man. <laughs> Let me, I'm, I, I, I did buy Millie Vanilli. I'm not going to lie. I know about girl, you know it's true. Blame it on the rain. Yes, I've got it yep. memorized. Yep. But everybody does it now. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty but much. anywho, on another on another, that's a whole other show. But uh which sure. is far from neurofeedback, but it's okay. Hey, after listening to the uh, some of the music nowadays, you do need neurofeedback just to let you all know. <laughs> but anyways, sure. I'm bad. <laughs> so um thank you so much, Jim, for for being on the show today. You um I pray the best for your business and that um, I love what you do. I'm, I'm pro gym with what you're doing with neuro (laughs) and focusing on helping as many people as you can. My friends, make sure you share this video. Why? Because one video can change one person's life. It really can. So you're going to want to make sure you go to newhopecounselingonline.com. 
and, uh, you know, ask for Jim. And uh, again, thank you so much, Jim, for being here on the show. This was awesome. Hey, thanks again, Mark. I appreciate you having me on. Very cool talking to you. Do it again sometime. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will. Totally. You know, hopefully uh, maybe we'll go a little bit deeper in the music, but I, I appreciate you. Cool, cool. All right. All right. That